Back in April, one of our own lost his loving spouse of 20 years. They met in a D&D 2nd Edition game. Our community's sincere condolences go out to you, Mr. B. Welcome to Gaming NBS, the tabletop RPG podcast being recorded Monday, August 16th, 2021. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Welcome back. Glad everybody's on board. Having a good time, I hope. Sean, how the hell are you, man? Doing fantastic, Brett. How are you? Not too bad. I, uh, my wife was out visiting our oldest out in uh, Portland and then went down to Colorado to see my oldest son, who's active duty Air Force down there. She's been out hiking mountains and having a good time doing that. And uh, she texted me. She goes, I am ready to come home. I said, a lot, of, a lot of travel, a lot of flying, and not a lot of downtime. She's like, yes, I am done. <laughs> I, I love the children. I'm glad I got to see them. But holy crap, I want to come home. So I was, uh, I've, been a good, I've been a good husband where I'm like, you know, not one of those people who are like well you know trash the house type of thing or whatnot i've, I've fed all my children i've count, i've kept track of them all which is pretty good um uh, thank you thank you very much you haven't lost no, i've not lost any i'm starting with at least the same number i'm she will return to the same number of children that she left which is good when you got five kids and two dogs like i do god knows what you as long as the numbers equal out yeah whether they're yours or not yeah it doesn't much matter just gonna <laughs> but anyway it'll be good to have her back we went through the, uh, this last Saturday was uh, the wake for Alpha's mm-hmm. mom. So we got through that bit. So that was kind of screwed up some of the, the gaming plans, basically, which is, you know, it's real life versus gaming life. So to that end, I told you that story so I could say this. is I did not get any bloody gaming in since we talked last. Nothing. Nada. <laughs> nunca. Well. Any, how about you, man? I got in some cyberpunk action. Still going well? You're having fun with it. Yeah, it's fun. We have so cool ranches. Aunt, mom, some family relative. Uh, so they are, I don't know what it is in cyberpunk, not nomads. They're like kind of nomads, I guess. And so his his cousin opened up a, like a a I don't know, a pump and sip, like a convenience store. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, a, all right. A, a soiree that we attended, and then uh, that was fine. And then we, there was a gang thing that occurred. They've torched us. They torched us place. And so now it's, we're finding out who did it. And there's this one bad, bad, bad guy. Like just known okay. for ruthlessness that I think is from China originally, who is tracking down like from the Chinese army or Chinese military, tracking down these these nomadic type individuals for some reason that fled the country. And right. so yeah. It's uh heating up, shall we say. Good. So we Very paid good. a visit to the gang's hideout that we noticed that they had some markings and we we're tracking this guy down and shit hit the fan. But it's uh, die yeah. yet. 
I haven't died yet. I haven't. I. I yeah, any, hide. any other P, any PCs die? I should say. No, not yet. I'm a high. I hide. Like when shit hits the fan, I'm like, I'm the manager, man. Take cover. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. Hide, <laughs> dive, dive, dive. I mean, I carry I carry a piece, but I'm not I'm not uh, Nathan Explosion. Like that's Doc's <laughs> disc. You know, he's a rocker boy. Like he's wanting to blow stuff up on stage. Now he's got reason to blow other stuff up. Nice. So that's uh, what my that was my gaming for the week. Very cool. Yeah. I'm hoping to get back tomorrow night. Let's see. Wife flies back tomorrow. So Wednesday, I think, is going to be gaming with my kids. That'll be the first edition AD&D Frat and Realms game. I think they've only got probably one or two more sessions yet. They're on the right track following the uh, following the path to kind of get to the end component of it. So it should be pretty good. It should be a lot of fun. And after that, they have both requested a Cthulhu game. Oh really? Which I thought was which I thought was funny. I'm like, I was actually just talking to Sean about running a Cthulhu game because it was something I wasn't doing. But hey, whatever. Let's. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny. Masks, 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 masks. <laughs> yeah, started Peru. Eighteen kids. years. Eighteen years later. Yeah, um, you got to finish it before the th- before they graduate. Exactly. That's the goal. Let's see here. Apart from that, though, announcement-wise, I have I'm running Streets of Babylon with Third Floor Wars, Craig Shipman, and um, the lads over there, and Sean Kelly. I'm going to drag Sean with me and make him play. So we're doing that. What the heck are we doing that, Sean? That's coming up this month. Oh my God, that's in just a couple weeks too. That's the twenty seventh. That's in yeah next week, Friday. Holy crap, that's coming up fast. So that should be fun. Um, I know when I first talked about this with Craig, we chatted up around, hey, how many sections type of thing, Sean? So we could be in for a couple. We'll oh see boy. how it goes. Yeah. So uh, I just want to let you know, you have uh, I don't know what you thought you signed up for, but uh, yeah, you're in my Avalon campaign now, buddy. Wait, I, I, don't, I don't believe in the session zero with you. I just drag you along with me. Too fair. bad. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's what I do to my home group. What are we playing tonight? This. We didn't sign up for that. Too damn bad. Um, let's see, event registration. I think that's underway at GameholeCon, GameholeCon.com. Rumor so is that, that our out. event's sold out. Are you serious? Yeah, Holy one shit. Of the, one of the guys on the Discord mentioned it. And there's some there's Damn. some guests of honor that haven't yet. So Yeah, maybe that says a little something. I don't know if it matters. <laughs> I don't know if it matters. We could suck just as bad as anybody either. and so can <laughs> exactly. well known. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. Publishers. So when we talked last last week, you and I got together. And we decided we're gonna we wanted to run that BS or the you know the Sean and Brett show where we basically run the same adventure, same system, so forth. We chose Delta Green. We're talking scenarios here, and um, one of them that hit me was Lover in, in the Ice. And you have had this idea here of, hey, should we pick a couple that we like? Because we started kind of going back and forth, like, do you like this one? Do you like that one? And then, like, well, maybe we take a few, throw them out there in like a shortlist it, and then have the BSers vote on it. So you think, and that's still what you're gunning for? Because I'm fine with that. I think that might be a good idea. That's one option. Okay. Another option is, who cares what they think? We'll do what we want. God that's another it. option. That's, that's, not, that's not an option. <laughs> what Ed- other options are you thinking of? Edwin has sent us something of yeah, his. Yeah, that's right. 
or a synopsis Edwin, of his, but yep, Edwin Nagy has a um, Call of Cthulhu adventure that sounds actually like it could be pretty Delta Greeny, and it's set up so that's possible too. We could pick one each, mm-hmm. throw in Edwin's, and let the BSers choose. Yeah, we could do that. But I think at the end result, though, is what you have pitched to me, and I think I'm with you. Is the uh, the idea is the BSers pick the adventure. Sure. After we shortlist it, I sure. think we do that. Yeah. I think that'll work. Yeah. Um, so the other question I had for you before we, I don't want to linger too long on this topic until we have more to talk about, but how many players do you think we should have in each group? I was thinking three to four. Well, we said four originally, but I don't, I don't, so here's the thing. I don't know if we need to even talk about it. Don't even need to talk about it. What do you Wait, mean? I don't know if we have to agree on it. Why do we have to? We don't. We don't have to agree on it, do we? Oh, that's a good point. Yyeah, you know we'll find saying? out which one is more. We'll find out which one of us is more popular as we uh, <laughs> get flooded with requests. And the other ones, like, well, could I borrow a player, Sean? Come on, man. Come on, man. Just, just, I just need a little crumbs. Just give, give me somebody. Come well, on, if you man. choose to run it for, I choose to run it for six people. You choose to run it for four. Yeah. Why? And okay. No, I like. I actually like that. Idea. What happens that, when mm-hmm. somebody doesn't show up or has to no, drop? Like and... Hmm. That's an interesting thought, dude. Because I was, I was on board in my head anyway. I thought, oh, we should have the same number. But your thought there, I buy that. I don't think do it matters. Right. I mean, don't think it matters. I don't right. think it matters whether we stay consistent on that. Like, I think it's the game keeping it within a certain amount of time so we don't go crazy and run impossible landscapes at least yep. for me or and we don't run two different scenarios okay all right good enough i'm good with that but i think i think we've got it down some players i don't how are you going to recruit i don't that may be something we agree on like who who do we get to play so we were talking about that, and my I think our original concept behind this was BSers, right? <clears throat> we want the people that support us. Of course, yeah, of course. To, to be the ones we sure. to go with. And then they told you go with the patrons versus this versus that. Oh, good grief or whatever. Yeah. But we'll, we'll we'll sort that out next. Right. But I think um, if nothing else, first we need to choose an adventure, get that sorted out. Yes. Once that's sorted out, then we say, I want to run that adventure with X number of players. Right. Sean says X plus five, and I go, you're a crazy motherfucker good for you and then we started out okay cool all right so next stage is we got to get a couple i think we need to shortlist it down to like three to five you know yeah no more Nothing, than five no more than five but we got to get a couple like that type of adventures edwin's is going to be in there for sure so that means you and i need to pick you know two to four more sure type of thing so, okay cool yeah i'm not even, my, i was looking them looking them over i don't know if there's really any that really Jump out to you? Well, I don't. I don't think there's any that turn me off completely. Like oh, I don't want to run that thing. Yeah, actually, that was <laughs> that's a very good point because they started I mean, going through. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's interesting too. Yeah. Well, that sounds interesting. Well, that sounds interesting. Well, and some now there is a difference between you or I having run one before, which is me. I've not run any of them. Yeah, I've run music from a darkened room, and then mm. I think that's it. So yeah, you know, it's not. See you, you. I could see you trying to get people to vote for that one for you because that way you'd have an edge on me. You've had experience; you could outrun me. Well, yeah. And the only, the only 
reservation about that one is it could get a little long. Like, I don't know if I can okay. fit it in the time frame. So I'd be more apt to foregoing it. And I don't have a problem running something else like spice. Spice life. Yeah, I just, I just don't want to give you any kind of leg up, you know. I just Fair. That's another. That's even. a good point, though. Get my field even now. Right? I mean. Because we're gamers, that means somehow this is a competition. Somewhere behind <laughs> the scene, one of us owes the other one a bottle of something. Right. This is some, what's going to happen. For some reason, somehow, like. Somehow. When somehow, the scorecards hey, are finally yeah, divulged. Which, <laughs> yeah, which is pretty much like, uh, whose line is it anyway? Yeah. Points you made up, the scores don't matter. Right. Um, all right, let's random encounter. All right, let's get into random encounter. Let's move on. Segment of the show where we field voicemails, emails, comments from social media. Uh, yeah. You start. So I will start. Okay. Um, let's see. My, I, so we're starting off with Operation something or other. So we're going back to the last episode most recently, which is on the Delta Green component. So there's like three comments folks were kind of thrown out at us. One one more in one relatively in depth. So Harrigan says, love this idea. Let the BS community know how it can, how it can help. Um, from crafting the pregens to playing in the games to cheering from the sidelines. It should be a blast to listen to you guys dis- discuss and dissect. One piece of unsolicited advice Pick an adventure that lands the PCs in a pretty remote or closed-in location. If it's a totally wide-open thing, you will undoubtedly go in very different directions. I actually think that's pretty wise here again because I, I've run siege-type things. I call it like a siege story, right, or a siege game where they're like stuck in an inn, something happens, kind of boxing it off, right? You're in a box canyon, whatever it is, you're in a, you're in a finite amount of space. And I think there's some power in that because from the purposes that Sean and I want to do here to do some comparison and contrasting between, hey, what'd you do? How'd you do it? Well, my guys chose to go to Paris and your guys went to, you know, Guatemala. Well, ah, (laughs) you could easily end up all over a flipping globe or in the dreamlands or any other bizarre craziness that occur. So I think that's wise. I think that's some really good advice. So I think we will definitely take that into consideration. I think that will... As Sean and I start reading through the adventures and trying to get it to that three to five list, I think that's pretty smart. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Aurora offers uh, some suggestions on what to call it. So what what should we call it, Brett? He says uh, call it Delta Green Experience, Delta Green Experiment, Delta Green BS, Gaming in Delta Green or Gaming in DG. Which, which of you will be Delta and which is green? <laughs> And so he he, he, refer- he stops himself from going too too far. Thanks, Rory. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think once we pick the adventure, we'll know. Think so? I think so. Yeah. Something will come out of it there. Yeah, for sure. We'll probably butcher it in some way, shape, or form to right. transform it into our own. But yes, I think once we pick the adventure, we'll have a better idea what we call it. I like right. that. Um, oh, this is a big one. VC came in heavy, huh? VC came in one. Has this to say. Colin BS, but in a good way. I choose to uh, throw throw my two cents your way for what and how you should play. I think Delta Green is a good middle ground for you gentlemen to do this little experiment with. For one, it's a modern RPG with simple rules that I think an inexperienced player would be able to quickly and easily grok. 
With the system's popularity, you can even get super slimmed down reference sheets for your players too, so they know what options are available to them and how they apply. Second, the vast variety of adventure, variety of adventures and stories that are available could uh, lead to some interesting player and GM situations. Obviously, to whomever joins in on this experiment, there might be, have to be a conversation about mature content and what that means, of course. Delta Green is not necessarily all about blowing people away, but does tend to deal with many aspects of horror, psychological body and helplessness, <clears throat> to name a few. On the subject of players, both the B and S teams will be in for an interesting experience. One will get to experience the controlled chaos that is Brett, while the other will get to experience smooth improv that is Sean. But besides opinion... <laughs> But uh, And whatever success is measured by, how will we know what each BNS did well? I propose that you gentlemen introduce a control variant. One player that is in the same in that is in the same He's same in both, both groups. groups. Yes, uh, an individual that has or has not ran or played doesn't matter, as they will be experiencing in theory. The same adventure twice. Maybe choose one person together. Maybe don't. Maybe have the BS community figure this out on its own and throw a lamb at you both in secret with the same name. So with that out of the way, what to play, what to play indeed. Three to four players, four to six sessions, plus or minus four hours each. Hmm, given those parameters and whatever is session zeroed at what you, uh, what have you, these are his suggestions. Reverberations. A nice nod to the old Delta Green while being a great starting point for new and old players. Easily run within four to six sessions, especially if the group jams together like peanut butter and jelly. Fun twists and turns and a great way to see who's Delta Green, what De Delta, who's Delta Green worth. Black SAT or Black Sat. Delta Green in space, 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 space. An adventure intentionally designed to people who have no knowledge of Delta Green and used as a recruitment opportunity. Might take a little reading, but is easily doable in four to six, four-hour sessions. Don your spacesuit and get ready to see the void face-to-face. -face. They might have some limitations there. <laughs> yeah, where, where are you going to go? Space. Yeah. Space? Um, I go out there and I die. <laughs> fulminant. Ful fulminant. Who doesn't enjoy a nice family trip to Yellowstone? How else are you going to celebrate the 4th of July? Oh, and there's this kid who disappeared uh, like back in the 70s and wants a hug or something. I think I've read that one. <laughs> Some of these I've read, I just haven't run. Nice. Yeah. B.S. P.S. Sean, technically speaking, yes, Impossible Landscapes is the first full-fledged campaign for Delta Green. The RPG, however, if you buy the collection books, Night at the Opera, Black Sites, Control Group, etc., the adventures are set up and given a suggested play order in the front of those books for a more campaign-style play. Uh, that being said, the order in Night uh, uh, at the Opera has been unofficially changed for a more Delta Green feel. Boys over at the Green Box podcast talked about it once. With love as always, VC. Nice. And then the last one, and Feeling Good Lewis chimes in lastly about this. Um he says, think it would help, also help if 
uh, Brett and Sean were to share their respective game prep with the BSers. I believe the different modes of preparation can significantly affect the play of the game. You know, gunslinging Wild West type versus library card carrying bookworm type. Feeling good about game prep. That's some good stuff all around there, man. I like the idea, Lewis, around having us talk about the prep, too, because I think that's an important part, you know, <clears throat> session zero stuff. All I mean, pretty much anything and everything that goes into it. But I like that idea because how did you prep for it? I read the whole thing cover to cover, says Sean. And Brett's like, yeah, I read a couple paragraphs and I figured I'd just wing it. You know, <laughs> that's if that's what I do. I mean, I'm not going to do that. But yeah, dude, two totally different approaches could definitely, well, not could definitely will most likely um, elicit different responses or different effects it's as gonna be, the game hits. It's going to be a fun experiment. It's got to be, we got to call it something, something experiment for sure. Yes. I think what's um, VC's got some good points because it is horror, right? And, um, and, and that's, that's critical. So as we go through the BSR community and stuff, I am positive that there are folks who listen to us and are good friends of ours and whatever who don't like horror. Sure. And don't want to play horror games. Right. And that's totally legit. And I would, um, um, at the risk of sounding arrogant, don't let a, the passion to play, uh, hey, I really want to play with Sean. This would be cool. He's a good guy. But if this is a game, uh, yeah, but I really don't like, don't. You know, if it's not your yeah. thing, don't. We'll do something else at another time. Sean runs other games and stuff, we'll, or Brett does, and we'll figure this out. Yeah, we'll get you in when we but, play uh, Cult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good God. Um, the control variant idea that VC brings up is interesting. That could be could be cool, but that would be a um, take a special person, and by special person, I mean somebody who's got a lot of time. Because if we're like, if I run week one, Sean runs week two. That person is gaming every week. Now, some of y'all, that's totally fine. Not everybody's got that kind of time. I, I, like I don't the, think uh, I don't think that's I don't want that as an option actually. I don't I don't want the yeah, same I, person in both groups. The reason I say that is because it's then you have because you're going to get one before the other. Mm. You can't you can't be in both rooms at the same time. So you're going to You need Schrodinger's gamer. You're potentially yeah, <laughs> you're going to potentially be Yeah. You're going to you're you're going to know the scenario or it's tough. It's a neat idea. I just don't know if it will. I don't know if it'll work in what we want to do. Agreed. I think it's, yes, it's a good, Very good idea. I just, I don't know how we could pull it off or if we could do it right. Well, we would just have, I mean, we'd have to get the person and then we'd have to wipe their memory and then put them in another game and then wipe their memory again. And then just do that between every session. And you get enough bourbon, you get enough bourbon in a guy, you can pretty much wipe their memory. I know. Well, that, I'm sure but, that'll yeah. lead to some interesting, like, let's, <laughs> let's talk about this player and how we had to, had to handle them after a half a bottle of bourbon. I think what would be interesting too, and this is, and I'm, I'm hoping this, well, I'm, I'm positive this will happen is that I like in the discord or in the forums that we can get the players to talk. I think that would be interesting. Hmm either after session one, after session two, something like kind of like a player's react. Sean and Brett say a thing like, hey, I ran, you ran, how'd that go? Back and forth, back and forth. And then there's a reaction from the people. I don't know. I have a feeling that type of thing is going to happen, whether it's whether you and I coordinate, organize or not. I can see that happening. So that may be the only <clears throat> concern I would have is that 
you run it before me or vice versa. And there's a, hey, we didn't get that far. Yeah, I know. Oh. But it's no different than like if you go into your game store, like back in the day when everybody was in stores together and someone would say, hey, have you played Ravenloft? Yeah, we just started. Did you get to the part with the dungeon and teleporting? No. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Sorry. Spoilers. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. We do. I mean, we do this shit because we're excited about what it is we're doing, right? We're jazzed. We're jacked up about the game we're playing or running and we want to talk about it. So sure. Anyway, we'll see if we can get some rules around it. But this is good stuff. Thank you, guys. I, I um, Sean told me people would be pretty jazzed up about it. And I was like, really? And uh, holy crap. Um, listeners are uh, excited about this thing, so that's um, I am pleasantly surprised. Her- Harrigan, Sean, Harrigan and- mentioned have an observer, which I would that would be better. Like they, they don't Ooh. play, they just well, that's an idea. Yeah, somebody just hangs out, takes notes, and said Brett is a dick. Why is he doing that? <laughs> Sean doesn't do these things. <laughs> I mean, that would be a unique, a unique position amongst everybody because I'm not going to be in Brett's game vice versa we're just going to talk about how things went down in the player yeah. same thing so if there's one person that experiences the full thing they're going well, to have dude, some pretty choose, interesting if insight re- if we choose to record slash stream I might need I'm going to need your help man because uh, name my bag but we'll figure that out alright we got that it would be interesting to stream ever like restream it all which I wouldn't have a problem doing for it if I knew because I don't know how yeah I don't know how attention I need to like okay I Hit this, put this, hit record, <laughs> leave the room. Hopefully nothing happens. I over to the next two hours because you got to clean cat boxes or something. Right. All right. Anyways. Good good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you, folks. Yeah. I appreciate everyone even paying attention and caring about it. That's really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. Mr. Underhill commented on dedicated versus serious RPG or uh, great podcast, guys. I really enjoyed it. Although after you got done, I still don't know if I'm dedicated or serious. <laughs> Wanted to touch quickly on the part of your podcast dealing with the post from Chris Chris Spivey on his Harlem, Harlem Unbound RPG and how to make it as an independent. Now, first, I listened to your podcast last night on the drive home, so I didn't have a chance to make notes and have not reviewed the session <clears throat> since then to get all my facts straight. So please forgive me if I repeat something you said or get some details wrong. Dude, don't worry about it because John and I do the same thing. We repeat ourselves, repeat ourselves, and we get stuff wrong. Um, I'm coming at this from an obviously outsider's perspective. I've neither written an RPG and I've only played D&D and Pathfinder. did some Traveler and Top Secret back in the 80s. But just a few uh, sessions of each, so I don't count that. Having said that, here's what I see. It seems many independents want to have the success of the big boys. But they're really running a a hobby business. At least that looks to be the way they're treating it. True, you can run a successful Kickstarter, but it seems that most of the time we hear that the Kickstarters really don't make money, but rather cover expenses and provide exposure for the product. If you want the success of the big boys, then you have to be willing to invest like the big boys. Simple truth is that it takes money to make money. One issue I have specifically with Chris's work uh, as it was presented in your podcast is answering the question of what problem is he solving or what need is he meeting with this project? I have not reviewed the source book, so I don't know the answers there. But what new thing is he bringing to the RPG industry? Um, does he offer new rules unused anywhere else? That, to me, really is one of the few differentiators in, of the industry. If you're using rules or a game mechanics found in other source books, then how is yours really different? Does he feel he's targeting an unrepresented demographic? Okay, but there are enough people. But are there enough people in that demographic that want to play that way, or that game to provide? 
the success he seems to want to achieve. If his thought is that he's targeting all RPG players, then he will waste a lot of money and effort because I'm an RPGer and I'm not his target market at all. If there aren't elves and dwarves and castles and swords and magic, then I'm not interested. I might venture out for a bit of horror, thought I heard you say this was a horror game. In real life, modern day settings don't appeal to me. And I'm not sure that there are others who feel similarly, perhaps not what I, what I like but not interested in deviating from what they like. Now, if it were me trying to promote this source book, here's a few things I would do. First, I'd be attending at least one convention every month and running as many games as this as I could. I'd be promoting my games on all the conventions appropriate social media as well as my own. If people don't sign up, I would go and try to round people up in the halls to play. Yep, COVID stopped the in-person game conventions, but many tried something virtual and you have to take advantage where you can. I would even have hardbound copies at the conventions that I could give out to people for free. Not hundreds, just 10 or so. Autographed versions given to those who take the time to play a game or those who show genuine interest. He might even need to consider getting a vendor booth at the conventions to demonstrate his game or collect emails from interested folks who he then, then can market to. I know everyone hates to be marketed to, but, but do you want to build a successful business or do you want to have a hobby? Successful businesses collect information on those who are interested in their products. They can stay in touch and market to them. Next, you mentioned that he had done some live play streaming. My question here is, was it just him and some friends playing? He needs to go out and get some RPG influencers to join him for a multi-session streaming live play. And preferably, he needs to have more than one game going at a time with multiple influencers. And the sooner he can have an RPG personality run a game with his material, the better. Then there's pricing. Was he charging and what can he um, break out? What can he add later? The big boys have core books, plural. What is he offering here? Um, what can he do differently? Many people achieve success in business by looking at what the industry norms are and then breaking as many of them as possible. And don't get me started on the number of people who go into business thinking they have what everyone else wants, only to discover that no one wants what they have. It just happens. No rhyme or reason. I don't know Chris, nor am I familiar with his work or his efforts to promote his work. I just wish him nothing but the best, and this is in no way meant to be a critique of him or his efforts, just me sharing my industry outsider thoughts about the subject of success, of success for independent writers, designers. Keep up the great work, guys. As for me, I'm going to start and try playing games at a higher level. <laughs> awesome. You know, man, I think it's, it's tough. I think what Mr. Underhill has here is some pretty... It's a pretty good thing. So this is honestly stuff that when I when I read this, I think about Sean when you brought it up. This is the type of thing that ran through my head, right? Is like, what what problem are you solving? How are you doing this and so forth? I, I don't know enough about it either. Kind of like Underhill says here is like you know that here's some thoughts, and as you can tell by the way by the way he ends it here is that you know Mr. Underhill could easily be like, hey, you know, Chris says, wait a minute, I did X, Y, and Z. Oh, cool, great. Did you try this? Yep, I tried that too. And I think that there is an interesting piece here that is, it's very funny, is that you can have this really kick-ass product and nobody wants it. It could be the best product, but for some reason, it just doesn't work. Betamax, VHS, Blu-ray, HD, DVD. I mean, there's there's all these different technology battles and things that occur um, and one wins out because of a clever marketing gimmick or whatever the case can be. So it's it's not easy. And nothing else, I think this note here really underscores that there's a lot of shit to think about. If you want to make it big, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. And uh, 
sometimes I don't know if it's a if it's a one person job. I don't know if it's something <laughs> one person could do effectively on their own. You know what I mean? Jared Rasher had a good write up. I didn't put it in this week because it's it's rather lengthy and we're it was cut for time. But Got I it. do I do have it in the next episode. Perfect. Queued up for his notes to to kind of comment on it. But he goes into quite a quite a bit. And one of the things that he does mention is is the influencer piece. Like there was a game that he had mentioned, um, Whitwer, who um I forgot his first name, Whitwer. He has done Star Wars animated, he does the voice of Darth Maul, I think. He's done he was uh worked in for the art uh for D D. Okay. Art and Arcana. Um, oh, okay. So he and he had some actors do live plays for a particular game, and nobody knew about it. Um, I don't. I don't. There's also a book that I want to read, which is called "Stop Chasing Influencers," which I don't know the basis of, but I'm not wholly sold on. Hey, get a, get people that have a lot of influence to publicize your stuff, and you'll get a windfall. I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. The, the well, only- dude, guys like Seth Godin could tell you if you want to talk like businessy stuff. He'd be sure. like, "Look, you need X number of true fans. True fans. That's different you, than influencers. Which is it's similar. No way, dude. Because it is similar. Because if I have a bunch of true fans." And I tell those true fans, hey, I really like this thing Sean and Brett are doing. Wham. I have influence over all my true fans. It's just, it's taking it to the next no, piece. No. He's talking about influencers as in, oh, this Instagrammer has 100,000 followers. If I pay them to pimp my product, mm-hmm. I will get a windfall. Kind of like when Misdirected Mark said, hey, you should listen to Gaming BS. Dude. They helped, but I wouldn't say it was like a huge a windfall. Hell, I'm not. I'm not saying. So I guess the definition of windfall is where we were. Or influencers, here. like yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's like who who's an influ? I guess we're gonna go way the fuck off here, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like what 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 do you expect an influencer to do for you? I expect um, Matt Mercer to say, "I love Brett's game. I love his Streets of Avalon. You should buy it. Thank you." That's advertising. Do you, right? do you think that's going to work? Is no. that what you expecting from it? And I think there's more. There's more to it. Oh, definitely. There's there's definitely more to it, and it's not when somebody rifles off a well, just get some influencers. One of my favorite, i.e., least favorite, fucking drives me bananas things in my day job industry is someone says, well, can't you just makes me want to slap executives with a wet fish. Well, can't you just no, no, I can't just, if I could, (laughs) don't you think I would have done that? Well, I just want to ask this, this, you know, potentially stupid question here. Can't you just turn all the routers upside down and paint them pink and they'll work twice as fast? No, no, that's not how they function. Right. Well, can't you just get some influencers? Well, first off, Matt Mercer's an influencer. Is he going to listen to me? How the fuck do I even find that guy? Well, Who's a real influencer? You. They charge yeah. you. You got to pay him. It's like advertising. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I think there's. So anyway, I'm, I, I'm, I, I go to this. I go to this analogy. If you build a website and you have a thousand visitors go to that website, 
who have no absolute connection to you, but somehow trip amongst some ad and they go to your website and they, they buy absolutely zero and you garner a hundred people that are absolutely fanatic about the streets of Avalon and each one of those buys a copy, which one would you rather have? The thousand people go to your website and buy zero or the hundred people that are fans of yours personally that buy your yeah. shit, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you could say, well. What's hard, but how does a guy like Chris then go out and find, you know, a thousand true fans? He's got to pound the pavement, man. I, I, there is no there is no secret bullet. Like, if he's looking for just follow these steps, you'll win. It's not going to happen. And you and I talked about, I don't remember if we even mentioned it on the show or not, but I know if you talk to like Ken Height or Robin Laws and someone says, how do I, how do I do what you do? They're like, look, um, you have to be born in the uh, 70s. Um, attend Gen Con in the eighties. These the pathway doesn't exist anymore, right? It's and different. Are, yeah, for sure. It's yeah, absolutely different. When I say it doesn't exist, I'm absolutely. I, I mean it. Some would say it's easier. Some would definitely say it's easier. Some would say <laughs> it's harder because it depends who you are and how you sure. like to get shit done. I think what it is is there are more paths. Sure. And there are some that some people find. And just really rocks for them because it's a it's like finding not dream job is too too cliche and corny, but I, there's that thing like wow I'm really good at this. Why I don't know I just kind of leaned into this one weird thing and next thing you know bang I'm doing this thing for a living or whatever. Um, but there's so many different paths. It's hard to say. Well, I tried number one. I tried number two. Oh, there number four is bound to work for me. There's like a thousand of them. You know. Self-publish, find a publisher, partner with Encoded, don't partner with Encoded, go find somebody else, go hook up with Third Eye Games. Oh, I don't, that's not going to work. Go try this other thing. There's a thousand different paths, man. It's so hard. I, and I don't, and without being a legit, honest to God, you know, I do this a lot. Guy, I, I don't, wouldn't even know how to tell Chris what to try to do. Well, I think, so first of all, there are entire rooms full of books about this crap yes there are there are people uh want to be successful be a successful entrepreneur start a business i mentioned seth godin i mentioned seth godin and you and you know guys that do like podcasting quit chasing interviewer you know influencers by you know this person yeah there's a ton of them and there's a reason Yep. <laughs> because people want answers. They want to figure the the magic solution out by using all these, you know, hey, this worked for them. It must be able to work for me. Maybe part of it might. I don't know. The other thing I the only other thing I could think of is along those lines is you're going to get you got to be chumbo one, but you get knocked down. You got to get back up again. Yeah, for and sure. It's just it's it's unfortunate, but it and it's got to be incredibly depressing at certain times and demoralizing. And it doesn't mean that you should just keep doing it and bang your head against the wall. And I'm positive that sometimes it feels that way, but, uh, it's, it's tough. That's good. It's just, if it was easy, everybody could do it, man. So, yeah. Shall well, we move I think on? there's a lot of baseline stuff first. Like, I think everybody's kind of no. like, Oh, you should do mm-hmm. this. You should run a cons. He should, you know, have a Twitter <laughs> account and talk about his book and go on to podcasts. Like, I think there's a, like some no brainers out there. And I know he's, mm-hmm. he's stated like, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, but I don't know. Like, we don't know the consistency. We don't know, you know, who and there's no, for- I, there's no formula that I'm aware of that says, Oh, you have a Twitter account, a Facebook account, 
plus of this, plus of this, and you post 15% of your hours and so many days for this and that, and that equals $100,000. Right. right. I, don't, I do not know of that algorithm. Right. Right. But we, we should uh, move on. Jared's got some more on stuff down. on the next one. We'll, we'll read yep, we'll his stuff. It it's on we'll the forums. Again. Everybody can read it now. But if you, we'll, we'll read it on the air and, and you guys cool. can listen to him. Because he mentions like, well, here are some, some of the things that he's come up short. You know, and why. No, it's good. Yeah. It, 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 like I said, there, there's people who are paying attention to things that I'm not paying attention to, which is why I say there's, you know, the hyperbole, a thousand different paths. There's a lot of different paths out there yes. that I don't even know exist, right? Because right. I'm just not paying attention to it. Right. Anyway, off we go. Yeah. Is it my turn or your turn? That's your turn. Oh, it is my turn. Oh, it is your turn. I guess so. I'll wrap it up. Aaron expresses a bit of gratitude. Brett and Sean, it's the first time I'm writing in. Sorry for the delay in doing so, but here we are. <laughs> I wanted to thank you for all your work. I listen at the gym, driving, and when I am processing range brass for making my own ammo. Is a great way to make the mundane fun. I appreciate the perspective and the third-party feedback you provide, which even my own group has benefited from. Uh, you both make our community better gamers and, more importantly, better people. Uh, we have met a few times at GameholeCon. I bought a bottle of Noble Oak Whiskey to the Clarion Party in 2019 and look forward to this to this fall. More spirits will be shared, I assure you. I am registered in the Mothership Horror Game with Sean and the Haunted, Hunted, sorry, the Hunted with Brett. I look forward to uh, learning about new systems. Best to you both, Aaron. Hey, thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Glad that's you chimed right. in. We we know you are out there. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. I this is we've talked about this before, and this is where I think you know it kind of kind of dovetails into the Chris thing with the Harlan Bound. Right? Is that sometimes one of the coolest things that will keep somebody going as a creator. And you, you'll see this out there. Sometimes someone will say, tell the people who are making stuff that you like what they do. Right. And sometimes that makes all the difference. And, uh, I'll tell you, man, Aaron, I was earlier today at, at a really shitty day at work. It was not fun. Just a whole bunch of budget crap. And it just drives me bananas. Shit's I don't like going around. Shit's going around. It's just not, it's just not fun. And I got, I got uh, caught a little bit of it. Like, did you? Yeah. I'm like I didn't tell Sean. I, I didn't tell Sean this little reveal for Sean. I almost texted you like a half hour ago. Said fuck it, I don't want to record tonight because huh? I just didn't want to do anything. I'm like, but see, when you get out. on here, that shit goes away. It does. I'm like, you know what though? If I get on there, this is fun. Sean's a buddy of mine. Love that guy. This could be fun. And then wham, Aaron throws us up here. This is just awesome, dude. Gas thank in the you. tank. Absolutely made my day. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. There <gasps> thank you, you go. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, let's get into the main topic. Yeah, let's move on. All right. Oh boy, Brett, what are we talking about this week? Well, we have we've bandied around the whole concept, like how to be a better player and game, blah 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 blah. And one of the things that we like to do as game masters, we love to bitch about our players, right? Oh, they're not reading the handouts. They're not doing the homework that we assigned to them, and. um <laughs> hell brett barely does the show notes anymore i can't get that guy to do shit um but th there's like how much homework is a player willing to do what does is, is there a guideline you know and and the more i thought about it, i'm like yeah what the hell do we even mean by homework because if i say yeah players don't do their homework at, at game ocon with a whiskey in hand i say ah players they don't do their homework i'll get a huzzah from a bunch of game masters and then some smart ass will say, what do you mean by homework? I'll be, God damn it, Jared. <laughs> Rashford will knock me down with a, with a good question. 
And so, like, how does what, what do we mean by homework? I mean, because I think if I add, if I say, do you understand what I mean? People go, well, yeah, it's blah, and it might not actually sync up. So, um, Harrigan had given us one at homework, and he said, after session zero yesterday, I literally assigned the players homework four to five questions, each based on things we learned about their PCs and the setting during the session. I think I'm lucky because 24 hours later, two of them have already done their thing and the others will in the near future. And one of them came at with some additional question, questions. Engagement is fun. Eric Salzweedle had mentioned also, he said, I upvote the player top the player homework topic. I think it sort of goes back to session zero slash table stakes. How much work do you expect your players to do between sessions? Some people have challenging schedules and they just want to show up at the game and play the character and not think about it. So it's interesting to me because when I first thought about homework, Sean, I thought about that initial handout. When I send the pitch to my crew or anybody else and say, hey, you know, Aaron signed up for my um, my World of Darkness game, The Hunted. I, I expect, you know, if I expect when he sits down, he says, I know what the game system is. I, what it's going to be. I may not understand the game system because it's a con. I said I, you could had no experience, blah, blah, blah. And he read the synopsis. That's the baseline of that homework. I expected him to do. I think about homework is pre-game play. But from look, listening to what Harrigan's saying here and Salzweedle is saying, I'm like, you know, there's in-game homework. Once play has begun, you get people bought in and so forth. There's some there's some stuff that happens and we're not just talking about, you know, downtime stuff like, Hey, what do you do? Do you go on a mini quest or whatever? Um, and, th and that just got me thinking about it. Cause I, in my Greyhawk game, some, some big stuff happened. Um, somebody decided they were going to pray to, uh, at a shrine of Cuthbert that they had restored and Cuthbert of the cudgel answered this poor gnome's prayer and, um, gave opportunities to a couple different characters. One of them, decided to change gods completely become a paladin of Cuthbert. and somebody else said I will I will um, I will take on the another class I'll become multi-class I'll be a fighter cleric of Cuthbert, right so I, we can survive this horrendous um, nasty undead green dragon attack <laughs> oh speak I did have a green dragon that was fun <laughs> hey dragon anyway, in D and D dragon hey. in D and D it was a good time <laughs> so and, and because of that I said okay session ends hand out experience points and then they each got a hold of me afterwards and said hey i sat down and read where i'm at with my paladin can i do this this and this oh i checked out this new clerical thing does this work this work and this work so they immediately went back and started grinding through it i didn't think of that as homework honestly until i started looking here what harrigan and eric are talking about i'm like damn that's homework too so sean when you first hear the, t the thought about player homework what do you what does that hit you with? Do you think pre-game or during game or both? What I guess what was you did you have a preconceived notion? Did you walk in more tabula rasa here? I would say both. Okay. So somebody I did beer leaguer, <laughs> he had a good post the Discord that was like a borderline meme where it was like player homework, name of character. Armor class, equipment, <laughs> abilities, you know. Hit points. Hit yeah, points, yeah. yeah. How does your character work? Right. Um, which I suppose what your homework is to create a character. Um, but I think going back to whether I've done it in the 
prior, you know, prior to the game kicking off or during the game, I've had probably a little bit of both, although I've never probably, I don't think I've ever classified it as homework necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it goes into, um, you could pose them like posing questions, like some of the Forbidden Lands guys, they, they came up with their concept and it was like, well, I need something more in order to figure out how I'm going to implement session one. How are they going to be together? Where are they coming from? Why are they adventuring together? And also it'll help me come up with plot points as the sessions progress and the campaign progresses. I could say, oh, okay, well, I'm going to, I want I want them to have somewhat of a vested interest in what's going on, and in order to do that, I wanted to tie some of it to their character. So I would just it wasn't homework because I kind of did it. Well, I, that's not true. I did post it in like Discord. Like, okay, I looked at their characters, where they're from, and their dark secret, and all this, and I went okay. And then I like direct questions specifically for that character. It wasn't a question for all four to answer. It was there this, you go question for this person this question for that person and that helped out in that regard and they got back to me so it wasn't like this deep long hey i don't know wayne might have had to get back to me and that the only reason was because i think he was traveling but you know i'll tell you i found in thinking about this listening to you and reading what harrigan and, and eric said here recategorizing some of the stuff that's happened in game mm-hmm. like during the gameplay like session zero or post that and and so forth i find that i actually get more engagement in that homework than i do up front so i what mm-hmm. i've started to do is the the pitch for the game is like it's a streets of avalon game it's this it's this it's this if you don't know anything about avalon here's a link right or like I told my buddy Nick, read the book I gave you. <laughs> He's like, okay, cool, got it. Everybody else is like, okay, I know that thing. Or I'm like, hey, I'm going to do first edition AD&D Greyhawk. I know a couple of you don't know much about it. Ask me questions if you want to. Otherwise, here's what you need to make your character. Here's the rule stuff. Just some basic pieces. It was very bullet pointy. I try to keep that as tight as possible. Once the game starts... I find that the engagement level goes up with any assignments. So at the end of the session, like I said last time, you change classes, you change classes, you gained a new thing, whatever that thing is. The players then that I'm used to playing with, even if not my home group, but other folks I've gained with, um, if it's a campaign, when they're between sessions, figure out what that means to them. Like, hey, in my old vampire games, you said I earned a point of vicissitude or I earned a point of potence or celerity or whatever this is. Or, oh my gosh, you said this thing occurred. I lost some resources. So I was thinking about that, Brett, and here's what that does to my character's perspective, right? I have, for whatever reason, I'm finding that in that, that engagement is better when it's actually happening. And I think it's because at the start of it, there's no, I've, said this before you know the truth at the table if it's on the table we've talked about this then it's real it's what's actually happening and i think that's when the engagement level goes up session zero is great and i think it's a good place like what harrigan was talking about you're starting to get involved and invested because people are saying things that matter you did that like you just described they made the character those players are already invested you asked them a pointing question about the character that they just made that they're invested in yeah they want to stay engaged with it because they're showing you're showing engagement with the thing they built for you or for themselves, or however you want to look at it. So, I, 
I think that when I when I come back into a game and I say, hey, what happened last time? Does anybody remember? I usually make it a point. I don't try to lead off the what happened discussion, especially after two, three sessions have gone in. I want to get the players to talk about it. And now they're invested. They're engaged. They want to know. And um, I have had occasionally some people kind of, as Eric said, who just want to show up, play their character and not think about it. And um, those players are okay. If I had a whole table of them, that would be rough. That would be rough for me personally. I, I would I would feel less I would feel less engagement as game master. If and when I play with people like that, if there's a bunch of them at the table and I'm the one who feels engaged, then I feel like what the fuck am I? Does anybody else here give a shit? You know, yeah. that's how I feel. Right. But um, do you find that too, Sean? Do, do you get better engagement? Once the kind of the action, once the game has started, once things start to occur, does it work better for you or do you? I think in general, whenever a game kicks off and people are excited about it, enthusiastic about it, and it's a good session one or session two, then I think things start to fire on, on many of the cylinders. So I think leading up to it, you could certainly have some hype. I know... Um, like the Tomb of Annihilation when I was running that, Forbidden Lands, and this would go around with Forbidden Lands, even the first time it was, you know, yeah, I'm, we're in, I'm, I want to play this game, looking forward to it, pretty stoked. Hey, this is what I'm thinking, what are you thinking? So there's that buzz about it, but I think once the game kicks off and um, things start to roll, then I find that it either continues at the same level or or it increases to some degree. I know. Yeah. I mean, ideally, right? I mean, otherwise you're on a path that's going to be a, a downward spiral for your game and then people are going to lose interest and it's it's going to fizzle out, which I think some of us have probably encountered maybe once, maybe once in our lives. But. I'll tell you what's interesting is when, when I hear you say that, it makes me think about when I've handed home, homework out and Nick calls me. He's like, hey, man, do you got a minute? Sure, Nick, what's up? It's Saturday. You know, I got time. Sure. Hey, my paladin doesn't have blah. Does that make sense? Is it because Cuthbert said yes, that's okay. All right, cool. Thanks, man. Bye. It was a 10-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. I made time for it because I'm like, I gave this guy homework. You know, if I use the homework uh, topic here, I'm like, I gave him something to do. He came back with a question. He's showing engagement. I think the worst thing we can do as game masters with player homework is when the players actually try to engage with it, that we don't show the same passion back, right? It's like that teacher who gave you an assignment. You ask him a question. They say, well, look it up in the dictionary. You're like, fucking thank you, right? It's just, (laughs) you you, you feel like the person doesn't care. They're just ticking a box. If Harrigan had said, hey, here's four to five questions based on things we learned, or if he just had four to five questions that weren't based on things you learned, right? They were just kind of these boilerplate things. But this is shit he talks about where they learned about the PCs and the setting during the session. Everybody's in. At the last PC, one of them came back at me with some additional questions. If Harrigan drops that, and I don't think, I think he's good enough, he's not going to do that, right? He's, he's with it here. But when, if that other player, he, she, they say, what about, and he, and he goes, well, it really doesn't matter. Or kind of half-ass engages back. You just dropped a level in the engagement is, you know what I'm saying for the homework involvement. Cause if you give somebody a task homework and um, 
And you're like, look, I need you to read this background or read this data or check this thing out or whatever, whatever task you give them. We need to engage back. And sometimes that's something as simple as positive reinforcement, in my opinion, when someone says, this, is this right? Yes, good thinking, Sean. That's exactly the type of brain we want on my games. Thank you so much. Yes, Eileen, you're dead right. That was a mistake I made in the session. Here's how that rule actually works. Good call. Moving on. Right. Engaging with people and showing them that the work that they've done, that homework they put in, has value to the game itself. And then when you have those players who don't want to do that, and hopefully you, you're not... Um, well, dare I say cursed with a whole table full of these type of players. Um, the people who don't want to do it, they don't get the reward for the work. You're not punishing them, right? It's not like they, um, unless you're doing something like giving them extra powers or experience points or something along those lines. Um, but then it's, a, again, it's a matter of everybody had the opportunity. You chose not to do it. Therefore, you don't get the thing. Um, but I think that's a piece I know I've failed at over the years. From time to time, someone will try to engage with me with the homework I gave them, and I don't give it the due respect or the same level of urgency back. And um, I, I've learned from that. And now when someone responds to me, I'm like, damn right, this is awesome. This person's engaging, jump on it. Keep going with it. Because then they, then they want to keep doing it. So what kind is of homework fair? do you give them, Brett? Um, well, the first... Well, a couple of chapters of War and Peace, and then um, right. uh, part of the Fairy Queen, and I want a, I want a uh, paper written about the Fairy Queen. Um, no, I'm kidding. I don't do that. Uh, the type of things I give them are things along the lines of, is that how that works? Right. Sometimes it's a short piece, like we're gonna take a break. We're running for, um, we're gaming for six hours or four hours or whatever it is in person. We're gonna take a break. Could somebody look that up for me? I don't know what that is. Sometimes it's that simple in, in the moment. And sometimes it's like at the end of the game, we'll be talking about something and some will say, you know, I didn't think that spell worked that way. And everyone's just about to leave, leave the house. And I'm like, you know what? That would, Alpha, would you look into that for me? He goes, you got it. I'm, I'm on it. They get a text. Yep. That's not how the spell works. Cool, man. Thank you. Sometimes it's simple rule stuff Man, like these that. These guys, you really got those guys wrapped up, don't you? I got a moment. I got a moment. It's a well hey, Could machine. you uh, do this? Could you do that? And uh, what do you what do you say? Uh, uh, okay, sounds good. All right, sounds. We'll talk to you later. The other things. What's all that? Oh, the guys coming back to me with all the info I signed to them. With all the data I needed. Yeah, you know, I I gave them a few things. They're you know following the what I now. <laughs> when I was running the uh, the actual play for Streets of the Avalon with uh, Christine Zach and Andy and, and Kevin and and, um, and Tom, I would say, hey, I have an idea about your character. What do you think about these things? Right. So I would have some ideas of what could happen in, in the next session. Um, when I was working with Andy, she she would email me and say, hey, I'm thinking about this, this and this. This makes sense to me. Right. She would start an engagement with me or I would start back. So <clears throat> I see homework can actually go both ways. When the, if the player comes to me and says, hey, um, I need some answers, right? Those additional questions, that level of engagement is great. And then what I like to do, if possible, is then kind of answer the question with a question in a way and then get them to help me. Right. So I send send more data their way. But I would often get a hold of people and say, look, 
um, it sounds like you're looking to um, multi-class or you want to do this, that, or the other thing. Um, you might want to check out how that functions. A lot of what I've handed out are rules stuff or when it's lore-based, right? If it's a Streets of Avalon game and I'll say, and they'll, somebody will ask me like, hey, do I know anybody in this area who would have this, this, or this? And then off camera or they'll ask me, in the game i'll say yeah come back next week and, and tell me all about them <laughs> and um some people are way into that i'm starting to some see people. what I, i'm starting to see what how brett rolls like Sometimes. i know just get I know. this is directed I'm, I'm i'm an it director man i just dished it out to be like, i know I don't right do work. it's becoming do quite work. obvious like okay i kind of know how brett runs he's you know he thinks about gaming a lot probably Jots things down in his brain, but now I'm really starting to get under the covers with, like, yeah. or shall I say, under the covers with Brett? <laughs> uh, I'm starting to see what lies underneath the hood with Brett. Hey, I guess the, the the concept of you know what is homework to me is it's anytime I'm asking the player for some data, right? And sometimes it's it, and what I mean by that is it's not something that they can answer in the game, probably, is, is the better definition of it here. So at the end of the session, um, somebody will they'll get a magic item. I'm like, you need to look up and see how that thing functions. You need to understand how this thing works that you were given, right? Mechanical stuff. Or somebody will say, wow, that doesn't seem to, I, I just don't know what to do with my character. I've heard that at the end of a session. Boy, this really shakes my character's worldview. Well, Dave... I want you to think about that and come back with some ideas. Tell me what you think your character would do given this. If you don't know, hit me with a list of questions and I can help you through it. But I'm telling you, I'm tasking you with this piece of homework. Go out, think about it for a while and hit me back. And then my buddy Dave or Dave um, will come back with it and say, hey, man, I'm thinking this character is going to do blah, blah, blah. Does that make sense given everything else yep i love all those ideas that sounds great your character's personality shifts because of this thing or that thing or whatever what you laughing at me these guys run the game more than you do it's so much easier than <laughs> I, do that. Uh, I did that with i did that with tom with tom flanagan in the street in the avalon game i ran you yeah. know that the actual play what is it you want to do you know when tom would say he would ask me a question i'd say sort that out and let me know what it is you think and sometimes, and some th those things are they're big questions, right? Sure. And sometimes it's lore stuff, and I don't expect my characters, my players, excuse me, to be lore masters, mm -hmm. right? But if they want to, um, I'm I try to encourage them to then to go out and research stuff, right? If they have a bunch of notes and they say, "Hey, if I do this, this, and this, would that is that helpful?" You know, I don't know. It's it's kind of how would you – I'm kind of losing – I'm using a lot of vagaries here. So, Sean, when you when you think about homework, what do you have what, – what's in your head? <laughs> Find out what what how Brett runs his games and gets all these guys to do all this shit do, for him. Do all this shit for him. <laughs> uh, you know, most of it is – You did it, though. Your characters in the Forbidden Lands game gave you stuff, and you hit them back with questions. They did, yes, and I did that. And that's, I think that's, that's I think a big that's, one, yeah. It's a huge one because it shows that you give a shit about their character. You care about it. <clears throat> and it's and a that you it's, it, read it. Yes. 
it's a weird one because there's a lot of gamers that have a philosophy in the game that they play that a lot of that comes through play, which is fine and great. Um, but it does help, I think, with changing my approach from published like adventure and I read, you know, oh, they're in area A. You come across a green glade. It's lawn is very smooth and there's a couple of trees and you notice that there are some pile of bricks over in the over to your northwest. Left. Yes. You know. So there is something to be said about trying to to pry some of that out of the the players and and know more about their characters. It I think overall it just helps the game itself, right? It like they feel <clears> like <throat> you're invested in them, they're invested in you and it's this symbiotic relationship between the player and the game master when you're talking GM based games. So, <clears throat> you know, I didn't want to have them, you know, the Curse of Strahd game as much as like that has been brought up ad nauseum, but one of the things that kind of breaks down in that game specifically the way I brought it up was, you know, you roll up whatever you want, you're going to start on this world and then you're going to go into Barovia. I mean, it's fine, but the the ties or the backgrounds tend to get lost a little bit unless you take like Joe's character's father and inject him into the scenario, right? Like mm. you, you could do that and you can kind of wrench and pry. And we talked about an episode of taking these published adventures and making them kind of your own. And, and in so doing, the point is to, to get an engagement level that may not have been there um, if you just said, okay, you're in Barovia, and then you just go forward. Some people go with the flow a little bit better, too. Like, they could give two shits. Yeah, like, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I'm out in the middle of nowhere in Forbidden Lands in the Ravenlands. Okay, Sean, I'm good with that. Yep. Go. Some people uh, I'm don't ready. care. That's totally yeah. fine. Yep. Yeah. So I think the homework, going back to the homework component of this, is just that would be the big one. Ex- leveling up is homework, I think, like t- to some degree. It is. Yeah. It's kind of like they're showing up prepared to play, right? If you were supposed to level up between sessions, level up your damn character. Some some uh, Pathfinder character is a little trickier. Your 3.0, 3.5 character than like a 5e character to level up. Um, and some other systems are a little bit trickier. Right. And I think when you say leveling up as homework, it's take you know, the experience or whatever system point mm-hmm. incentive thing yep. that, you know, your skill points or whatever and allocate them. But if there's something new that comes into your character's, you know, possession, whether it's a trait, feat, whatever skill, know what that is. Like that would be. Yeah, how does it how does it impact everything? If you've got you've, you figured out how to how, what your combat scenario is for your fighter, how you punch people in the face effectively. You've got new gloves of face punching plus four. What does that do to your face punching skill? Yeah. Right. Because face punching skill rules. It totally does. You, you know, man, the other thing when I think about this, depending how you want to define what kind of task you give somebody, and this is about engagement, right? We mm-hmm. want to give, I want people to engage with, with the task I give them so they can come back and we can make a cool game together. And um, we call it tell a story or just make things more, the verisimilitude stronger, whatnot. Some people have limited time, right? And yeah, to Eric's told me this for, point. I got time for this shit, Brett. I got time <laughs> shit to write. I, I, got time, I don't have time to write this adventure for you, Brett. <laughs> you can't play with me. Um, I think, like, from a session one perspective, 
that may be another interest. One of the plethora of things to ask somebody is like, hey, if I give you homework, and sometimes the term homework will throw people right the fuck off, sure, right? For sure. If yeah. we try to engage and have ask you to do this, that, other thing, is that cool? And some people are like, look, I, I don't mind helping you or I don't mind doing this, that, or the other thing. But if you want to um, ask me to write a paragraph every month, I, I just it's not fun for me. Right. Sometimes the excuse of I don't have time for it comes down to it isn't fun. And I'm not, you know, that's just my, my Brett's personal experiences. When I've talked to people, it's, I don't have time. And when they're friends of mine and I feel um, like I can press them a little bit, they're like, look, I just don't fucking like doing it. It feels like homework. I've heard that before. It feels like homework. I don't want to fucking do that. Homework equals not good. Yeah. But homework (laughs) equals not good. Ask my, ask my teenagers, right? In school. (laughs) It's not fun. Right. So sometimes fun homework. Of, what? Oh fun my homework. What? what? Yeah, what that? that's um, gonna be fun. That sounds great. But some people don't want to do it, and whatever their reason is, I think the other component is respecting them and not. If they're a good, it's gonna sound harsh. If they're a good player, they show up. They know the rules. They they do all the other stuff you want them to do, but they balk at the homework task. They don't like the outside the game engagement. That's not their thing for whatever that reason is. That's fine. Do not shame them for that type of thing, right? That's not nice. But they, you don't punish them either. Like, well, Sean engages every uh, every week. I get a I get an email from him asking me pertinent things about his character, and uh, you, Brett, don't. So uh, yeah, Sean so levels suck. up faster than you. you. Sean levels up faster than you. You <laughs> fucking suck. Yeah, <laughs> you suck. Yeah. Magic so, items <laughs> all the way around. Oh. oh, oh. Oh, 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 oh not, not you. I'm sorry. Not, you. not, not you. for you. Not, not for you. you. Not Naughty the, kid. No cookies for you. Yeah. No homework doing. You didn't do your homework. You get a frowny face on the board. Oh, no, not uh, the frowny face. Frowny face. John gets a gold star. You don't. It. And I think that's one of those pieces where you may have a player or two in a group of, say, four or five people or six, however many you're gaming with, that are like, wicked into this shit. And they want to do this. They want to look up rules for you. They want to come up with town names and so on and so forth. You can let them have that stuff. <laughs> uh, Brett's group, man. I tell you. If they don't want it, but I I got a couple of guys here that don't give a two fucks about that. Six stuff. years and I'm still learning about these guys and, and how, how Brett's got this, <laughs> okay, how he's got it all nailed down. Like there's got it. I'm like trying to think about it. I'm like, God, why are, why is this? What is what is it about these guys? Now I'm starting to really, really understand. It's a lot of liquor and brainwashing. It helps. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I have played, though, with other folks, yeah. other game groups that I've had over the years, too. And some people are really into it. Some people are not. My buddy Jay Plata, when I used to game with, with him on a regular basis when I first moved to Madison, he was very big into homework stuff. Hey, I sat down. I came up with a family tree. Hey, I said, you you, you, t- you asked me something, Brett, so here's my answer. He'd, he'd do these wonderful write-ups. He'd come up with cool stuff. He would take, he would self-assign homework. He was he was the kid in the D&D class who said, weren't we supposed to have a quiz today, teacher? You know, he was that guy, oh, right? I, that I like guy. Jay, though. He's he's a patron of ours, so I'm good Jay with Jay. Awesome. Yeah. No, the thing was, though, is that he was, it was great, and he loved doing it, and the thing that when Jay was doing that in the group, we had a couple of guys that just, they showed up to play. That right. was it. And they didn't give two fucks. 
they thought it was neat that Jay was so invested. Like, wow, you're a crazy son of a bitch. I can't believe you're that crazily invested. It was awesome, though. It gave me stuff to do. And the from a plot perspective and other things to wrap in, the rest of the group was like, oh, we're on this adventure. And uh, yeah, there's a cool thing for Jay to do. They didn't, they didn't care, right? The reward for Jay was getting to have... Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you. Um, my wife's little dog has decided to camp out under my chair. I'm glad you I, said dog. I, 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 I thought I you said like right my wife's little. My wife's no, my little, wife's little dog is <laughs> stepping on my Rocky wife. Rocky steps underneath my chair and I kicked him in the face. He looked at me like, Dad, what the hell? Anyway, point is, is my recollection of when Jay and I would play, he enjoyed doing that stuff. He had so much, he had a lot of fun doing it. We would have good sidebar adventures and so on. And it was, that was the reward. He wasn't looking to get a leg up on the rest of the players. He wasn't trying to come in and say, hey, I get more experience points or better magic items and stuff. He had a more fulfilling experience for him. A couple of the other guys that played with us did not give a fuck, and they just showed up to roll dice, kill monsters, and drink beer with us. I know, a bunch of dicks, all of them. Um, and some, I think that's, for me, the, the thing, sometimes we think about how to reward people and so forth, and some folks like doing it because it's fun for them and the um the work is its own reward you know to paraphrase sherlock holmes it's kind of like it's just fun i like doing this you know if i wasn't doing it in your game sean i'd be doing it in brett's game if it wasn't brett's game i'd be doing it in Saul's Wheels game sure. this is what i would be doing you know this is how they like to play and what they enjoy doing yeah my buddy Alpha, we call him the Alphanomicon. The reason is, is because if there's a rules question, he'll go home and sort it out and he'll take that homework every time because he loves doing that shit. He'll figure that out. Um, <clears throat> but again, I've had plenty of players in my group over the years or groups that don't like that stuff. Right. And um, I, I think it can, the difficult part is the people who don't like doing it. It is easy for us as game masters to favor uh, with spotlight or more stuff because we think someone's more engaged. Um, it's a it's a temptation, and I think we should avoid doing that. And I think sometimes as players, as we do that, we can be, feel slighted. If I put in this extra work, how come I don't get more spotlight time for it? Right? There's got to there's there's a balance there, and I don't necessarily know what that is because each table, each player is different. But sometimes that person who shows up. Drink beer at your table with your friends. Is a good gamer, and by that I mean they're always on time. They've leveled up. They've done the they've done the the table stakes. They meet all requirements, and they're always there, and they have a good time. They're not a drag. They don't complain. They don't you know they're not the problem at the table, right? They're just there. They're solid. They're you could build a group off of this person because they're just this 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 sort of a keystone type of player. Um, that's fine. I think that's totally fine. And um, yeah, like I said, I, I think it would be my own personal gaming hell if that's all I had <laughs> at the table. I'm like, well, that's all you guys want to do. That would feel weird to me. That's not what um, that's. I don't enjoy that. Um, but having one or two, that's fine. But making sure those people, you don't inadvertently ignore them or don't give them stuff to do. Right. When you're plotting that encounter out, you know, remember, hey, the guy who plays Phytor from Phytor Land, whose parents were killed by orcs, he's always here. He loves playing that character. He plays that character really well. Granny plays the same character all the time. We pick on him for it, but he takes it in stride. He's always fun. He always brings food. He's a great player. 
and so Sally. She's awesome. They do everything you need them to do. This is great. You know what? There's no need to look down on that. Someone who doesn't like it is where I'm going here. It's like some people just don't like it and don't want to do it for any number of reasons, and that's okay sometimes. Make sense? It does make sense. Do you think we covered this at all? Did we actually hit the topic, or did we just fucking... You know what, Sean? I want you to go back from here. Think about this for a while. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. What the, what the hell? God Why damn are it, Brett did it to me. Son of a bitch. Put a whammy on me. Now I know how his players roll. <laughs> they're, all brain, they're all brainwashed. That's the problem. So, folks, if we... Uh, Sean, I guess before I do any closer here, do you have are, anything you want to say? I kind of rambled off like there as I want to do, but I think it... I think it kind of makes sense. You good? I think I think I sum it up with you'll have people that will embrace homework, some that will not. Both should not be uh, looked upon with sc- scrutiny one way or the other. <laughs> I also think a, a key piece, honestly, is that. Um, Homework to me during the game, I think we both agreed there that homework during the game can be more, it feels more engaging sometimes. And I think even session one is game, right? Sure. You're getting into character, figuring things out. It's exciting to do this new thing together, getting involved. It's also a good time. Session was a good time to, to gauge who wants to do that and who's really into it. Session one or zero? Session zero. Sorry. Session zero. My apologies. Um, I think it's a good opportunity to uh, pull that stuff together, you know? to get, get a sense, get the feel for who's doing what. And I think um, the other piece too is, you know, Harrigan had a, you know, it's four to five questions. I'm assuming they're also not big essay questions, right? Or write two pages worth of simple, you know, they don't have to be yes or no questions type of thing, but something that elicits feedback, a paragraph, a sentence or two, that's all you need. In some cases, there depending is, what you're doing, there is probably some secret ratio we just haven't measured. Like if the yeah, if the probably. game master is to put in X percent uh, of their effort into the game, and the players are to put in Y percent, do you actually get to 100? <laughs> then you then you'll probably have a conducive game, like a a very well flowing, positive. You'll be in the positive side of the scale. Yeah. What, how did what gaming nirvana? It's like a Venn diagram where gaming nirvana is in the center. Like how how do you get those circles at the right level of overlap? Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. You can always hmm. have one knucklehead in the group, and then one super overachiever, and then a couple middles. The and they kind of balance each other out. They, they kind of circuit. Yeah. <laughs> everything works just fine. But if the you know the boat leans too much one way. It's going to capsize. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, folks, if we totally botch this, or if you've got other thoughts or ideas here or specifics, um, but bring them up. Let's hear about it in the in the forums and Discord and uh, let us know. We'll start throwing it out here. And I'm sure this this conversation isn't over. I think there's plenty more to talk about around here. But let's, uh, let's see what you all have to say in retort to us. And we shall uh, go from there. We good, man? I think so, man. Let's get into die roll. Let's do it. Die roll. Two to four miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery you want to bring to share with you. I got a couple this week. Uh, first one, 2021. Any award nominations? 
So, hey, shocker, surprise. I know. Hold, hold on. Hold on to your seats, ladies and gentlemen. We were not nominated for, oh. an, for an any this year. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, for sure, man. Where is it? Oh, oh here well. it is. Hey, and that's okay. But there are other great nom- nominees. So Absolutely. Go and check those out. I don't know when voting starts. Uh, I know a few of the ones that are, um, but I'll be hitting the number one slot for probably because I own their product or <laughs> know who they are. So it helps. It all helps. Uh, the second one Genesis die rollers, free on Android and iOS. So for Genesis uh, system. Uh, enthusiasts to include, I think, L5R. Uh, check out that. Free on Android and iOS. Somebody hit me up and said, hey, Sean, do you think that'll work for Star Wars? I would say, no. Not one for one. You could for conversion. There is the Star Wars die roller. I think that costs like five bucks. Okay. But the Star Wars die roller covers like a lot of the Star Wars games. Not even the role-playing um, games. Like the miniatures... Uh, Get a lot of bang for that book. Yeah, a bunch of other ones. X-Wing, blah, blah, blah. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's the quick answer. Could you use it? Yes. But you're going to need conversion. Pretty sure. Uh, But that's all I had for that. That's all I have to say about that, Brett. Well, excellent. What are we talking about next week? Well, Sean's been on a bit of a tear. He uh, moved us over to Notion as a tracking tool for how we figure out the uh, the workflow here. And uh, as and, uh, I don't remember this going through change control, so I'm uh, un- <laughs> unsure of how to use this new tool. I didn't get proper documentation, so I'm going to have to bring this up with management. <laughs> so but I like <laughs> totally full of shit. The one that you've got out here, man, I really like is describing a scene using ver- visual inspiration because we've we've talked about that for a bit, and I I actually been using this a lot. Um, I'm very fortunate. I have a, I have a TV in my game room and I'm able to basically airplay to it from a laptop. So I can, um, use that. I use that quite a bit for it. It looks like this. Some of the games, um, the one piece that I'm using for my crew spoilers, if you're um, gaming with me, um, return, return to the tomb of horrors has some wonderful little handouts in it. And so I scan them, flash them up there and everybody can see it. And I'm running that game. Um, theater of the mind and i don't want to i didn't want to put on the table in a sheet of paper right because i happen to have a tv down there so i'm like oh i can do this cool thing but anyhow i'm using that a lot and i found um that's been very very helpful and there's some amazing stuff vc um has been putting some links in our um in, in our uh, forums around just visually inspiring stuff there's some of the gaming art we talked about this with simba room the the art for it is just fucking awesome there's so much good stuff out there, and I, I think that using those visuals when possible is can be really, really helpful. Picture worth a thousand words and all that. So anyway, that's what we're talking about. Sweet. Looking forward to that one. You have to tune in either uh, next week right here on Twitch, uh, gamingmbs.com forward slash Twitch. We record here Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time. Otherwise, you can check us out on YouTube. Uh drops quite a bit later but if you see this give us a like and subscribe be greatly appreciated otherwise 
You can find our flagship audio show at your podcatcher of choice. Just do a search for Gaming NBS and make sure you subscribe. So I want to thank everybody for showing up live this evening. We really appreciate it. Some, some strangers we haven't seen in a while. So thank you so much. Uh, otherwise, I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game at all. This episode of Gaming in BS produced with help from the following BSers. Joe Swick, Old School DM, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Eric Jeppesen, Andy Hall, Chris Steele, Jason Hobbs, Mark Tasaka, Merkel Froelich, Pure Mongrel, Brett Pazinski, Brandon Barnes, Eileen Barnes, Dan LaValley, Craig Huber, Roger Braslett, Stefan Dragonspawn, Jared Rasher, Ray Otis, Jim Fitzpatrick, Old Scoozer Roleplaying, Christopher Lang, Curtis Takahashi, Larry Hout, Ron Bishop, Mark Richmond, Chad Glayman, Sky, Craig, Howard Bishop, Josh Wallace, Corey Welch, Angus, Eric Salzweedle, George Sedgwick, Robert Nemeth, Brian Kurtz, Laramie Wall, Perry Besor, Eric Avia, Andy Olson, Jeff Seifert, John Keyword, Corey Gonzalez, Maurice, Niall Diamond, Aaron Relia, Jeff Goad, Aaron Coleman, Brian Rumble, Rich Wishon, David F. Baylog, Harrigan, Melissa Bashinsky, Henry Newcomb, Cole Kago, Eric Tavola, Hoos Carl, Ghost GM, Mike Cash Jr., Rory Weston, Jim Ingram, Daniel Garrett, Eric Frankhouse Presents, Phil McClory, Adam Grochon, Jay Plata, Ad Nyes, The Duke in Purple, Isaiah Aries Christian, Larry Hollis, Quigley Malcolm, Awal Trooper, Craig Shipman, Todd Sharp, Orcus Dorcas, Chris Shore, Michael O'Holland, Wayne Peacock, Mike Coleman, Miniature Master, Kevin Keneally, Zagrave, Bob Fletcher, Vornak, Farty McButterpants, Andrew Lear, Craig Chunglo, Eric Lunsford, Ty Prunty, and Feeling Good Lewis. Hey, do us a favor, BSers. Head over to gamingnbs.com forward slash YouTube. If you've got a YouTube account, go ahead and subscribe to our channel. You don't have to have the notifications on, although that would be nice. But the subscriptions on YouTube go quite a ways. We're trying to develop our channel over there a little bit. And any help would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, BSers. And remember... Be a positive force in the tabletop RPG hobby. Peace. This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.